Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Unbreakable Glass shares how he broke into a competitive finance leadership development program in a large hospital network in the Midwest. We cover what his parents did for him, finding your purpose, and the benefits of not chasing the same path as everyone else. Enjoy. Unbreakable Glass. Thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, Pat. So it'd be great if you could just start with a quick summary of your background for the listeners. Yeah, so I'm from a uh, Midwest town. I went to, uh, I was first generation college, went to a non-target, and that alone was just a big deal going to school at all. Um, Didn't have a whole lot of guidance on how to uh, land uh, any kind of job post-school. I found Wall Street Oasis because I was studying finance at the time. And one of the uh, pieces of advice that everyone gave was to um, just make a premium LinkedIn account and message everybody that you knew in your network who went to a similar school and uh, might have some things in common with you. So I just started shooting off tons of uh, messages only had one response, and it got me into a family office. Can you uh, tell me before you be- before you go there? Can you tell me how many messages you sent? We only got one response, approximately. <laughs> Probably a hundred. I mean, it, okay. it was I was sending messages all the time because I found out about investment banking and just high finance sort of jobs, mm-hmm. and thought that that's exactly where I wanted to be. So I was finding any minuscule. Um, Sorry, my phone is on. Um, finding any sort of minuscule uh, connection I have with people, right. uh, whether it was we went to the same school, we were from the same city, uh, a friend of a friend, um, anything at all that I could possibly connect with somebody on. And when, and did, when did you start doing this? Is, you said junior year you started doing this? Uh, this would have been sophomore to junior year, somewhere yeah. in that time so you weren't, frame. So you, weren't um, you weren't super late or anything like that. It was just that you came from a super non-target and there wasn't in your kind of Midwest, so there's not as many seats necessarily. Correct. As like in New York yeah, and like I didn't that. have any guidance. So yeah. my school isn't known for finance. Mm-hmm. My parents hadn't gone to, gone to, didn't go to college. Yeah. I didn't have many mentors in my life who could help me like get on the right path. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it was just, I didn't have any kind of um, mentorship along the way. It was kind of me finding my own path and really using Wall Street Oasis as like my only uh, launching pad. <laughs> did you find like, <laughs> did you find that 
did you try getting a mentor? Did you try reaching out to people and like asking, or did you feel like, well, I guess you only got yeah. one response. So that's, that answers that question, right? You got one response and tell me about that one response. Yeah. So it was one guy who responded and he, uh, he mentioned that they had an intern position open. Like I didn't even ask for a, uh, uh, internship at the time. I was just mentioning, I would love to learn more about what he does. He'd gone to the same school as me and uh, wanted an informational interview. And so wanted to, like, to, to sit down and have coffee. Yep. And he immediately just responded back with like, hey, we actually have an intern position open uh, coming up in the fall. How about you come in and just interview for it? I think uh, you already showed a lot of initiative just by even sending a uh, uh, LinkedIn message. So I go in and I interview with him, and he offers me the, the job on the spot to uh, intern at this family office. Okay. And so I interned there in the fall of my junior year, mm-hmm. and while I was there, it was just kind of um, it was making a, a rich family richer, which <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was it was very exciting to be around uh, ultra high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. but. Um, in terms of like job satisfaction, I was kind of left unfulfilled. But I knew that I still wanted to work in finance and still kind of push for the high finance sort of roles. So what uh, were you doing in that internship? That, what, what were you doing there? Like just basic like research and out looking at deals. What were you? Like, yeah, what types it was. Of deals? Uh, so most of what I was doing was due diligence for mm-hmm. uh, projects that the family's friends would push on them. So researching small community. That's actually a really good, that's a good internship though for like, I mean, yeah, from where you came yeah, from, I mean, like, it was, it's tough it to was find those. fascinating to give you such a, a broad knowledge. Um, and nobody really had a lot of the projects I had, there wasn't a forged path for. So it was really me developing my own, um, like due diligence strategy and kind of presenting as much information as I could possibly find. Uh, with very little guidance, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's a family office, so yeah. you're like, you're left to slim for yourself or fend for yourself. So, okay, so you yeah. you had that internship through the fall of your junior year, and then you were still mm-hmm. kind of, after, had you already sent those 100 messages? Were you continuing to send them, or did you feel like defeated that, that you only got one? I mean, the one led to your internship, so did you keep going? Uh, so I took a different approach during my junior year while I was interning there, and I had kind of made up my mind that I'd, even if I got a return, I wasn't going to come back. I just, it, I was kind of over it and mm-hmm. wanted to end it at the end of that uh, semester. So I just got more involved with the uh, investment club, got more involved with some, we had just hired a new professor who had actually worked in banking. Okay. So he was the only one at my school. And so I kind of latched on to him and got as much insight as I could from him and yeah. did more grassroots uh, networking, I'd call it kind of hanging out with him whenever I could and uh, meeting his friends and people that he would bring to our school to speak. Hmm. Um, We went to, he took us to a local CFA uh, like meeting or something where they had recruiters at and uh, companies that were hiring positions that would like, that wanted to hire CFAs or people who wanted to get a CFA at some point. Got it. Okay. And I ended up, yeah. So that was in the, I think in the, still in the fall. I think it was while I was still interning there. Yep. And I had met somebody who worked at a Southside Equity Research Firm mm-hmm. and kept in contact with him throughout my spring semester. I, stud- I was studying abroad at the time um, in Australia. And oh, cool. when I had gotten back, I 
just kind of mentioned to him that I still hadn't had anything lined up for the fall. And he mentioned to me that they were still filling positions. And this is probably April time frame. So this is your uh, senior year. Went in and yeah, see, okay. start to start my senior year. Yeah. Okay. And so I went into interview, was offered a position uh, on one of the healthcare uh, teams. Mm-hmm. And while interning there, it was just something that I couldn't see myself doing long term. It was very long hours or long hours for what I was used to, I guess I could say. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Not long hours with the listeners. Fun. Long hours being yeah, 60 like, hours, 70 hours? Or? Uh, people, people were work, routinely working like 7 to 8. Uh, yep. 7 in the morning to 8 p.m., which yep. uh, was new for me. That was uh, even interning. I was still kind of putting in not quite those hours, but long hours for being a student at the same time. Right. Because dur- it was during my school year. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And so uh, while doing that, I would kind of, again, made up my mind that, you know, maybe this isn't the right path for me. This is very long hours. Uh, it's doing stock market research, which we just, I mean, you're, Everybody knows what sell side equity research is, and um, it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. So I started looking around on campus for literally anything else I could possibly find. I kind of decided maybe it's not right for me to go into uh, a higher finance. Maybe I should look for something that's more passion focused. Why were you doing all these and, jobs during school? Like, wh- what about your summers? Like, were you not doing stuff over the summer? Or were you working in other stuff? Uh, I grew up really poor, and yeah. so. I worked in a factory all summer, every summer. Got it. So and then during school, I was actually an RA. I worked at the gym. Got it. So you were uh, you were grabbing anything you could get. To to yeah yeah yeah. Got it. Okay. I mentored a student with high functioning autism, um, and 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 all that while interning, and then still studied abroad because. Wall Street Oasis was telling me that's what everyone's doing. So uh, <laughs> well, it, it worked for me, though. You know, I mean, honestly, it was I more interesting, good, uh, right? You had more. Experience. You had you had interest. Well, that sounds amazing. I, I've never been to Australia. I'm sure it was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. So okay, so you're you're working yeah, in a factory. I didn't know that people. Yeah, I didn't know that people interned in the summer until reading. Like none of my friends ever. Where I went to school, everybody went to school and then went home for the summers. You didn't like nobody stayed in the city, uh, and so I just didn't know that that was even an option for me, because I couldn't afford to do an unpaid internship or even a low-paid internship where I had to pay for housing. Right. So I went back and lived at my parents' house and worked in the factories in the summer. Um, can you say what type of factories? Was it like hard work or was it? Was yeah, it? yeah. It was it was like manufacturing. They made machines. Like they made machines that made machines. <laughs> Got it. And so, yeah. it, so it's tough work, long hours as well. Uh, tough work, forty-hour weeks, mm-hmm. clock in, clock out. Yep. Um, how was it? Was, it was how was the, the how time. was the pay? I mean, what was it like? Fifteen, twenty bucks. Yeah, it was hour? like twelve bucks, okay. fourteen bucks. I think it was twelve bucks my first summer. Fourteen by the time I finished, maybe fifteen when I finished. It's not horrible. But uh, for a college, yeah, country. no, it wasn't wasn't bad at all. And I mean. It was it was kind of cool to get an experience that my my parents are both blue collar workers and mm-hmm. so uh, getting to see that side of things, especially when so many of my friends from high school and who I grew up with went on to work in factories and stay in sort of blue collar jobs. It kind of gave me that little extra motivation to put in harder work at school and know that that's not what I wanted to be doing. <laughs> 
Cool. That, that was the, the so, big takeaway. So yeah. you're doing that over the summer. You're going back to school. How are you affording school? Um, are you out just through the jobs that you had while you were Yeah, uh, so part Where'd of it was loans. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was I being an RA took care of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, working as many jobs as I could possibly find. I was flipping sneakers at the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, you sound like Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> you sound like Gary V. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the stuff that I was into back then. Sneakers were actually how I even found out I wanted to do finance at all. That was that's cool. It, it was yeah, it was weird. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was I was flipping sneakers. I was working as many jobs as I possibly could. You're hustling. Uh, my parents took out a second mortgage on the house Ooh. to uh, help pay for the rest of the difference that like the loans wouldn't take care of mm-hmm. and that I couldn't pay for myself. Have you been able to pay them back yet? I'm in, a, in the process of it right now. Good, good. Yeah, <laughs> they probably yeah, feel yeah. good no, that it's, worry, they feel, they feel yeah. good that it's coming back now, I bet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah. My parents did everything they possibly could for me. I for can't thank them enough for how much they pushed me and, uh, like supported me through everything. Uh, that's they really awesome. did everything they could. So it sounds like you were floating a little bit, like you're trying to find your way. You do the equity, you know, equity research internship. You're like, eh, it's mm-hmm. still not very good. It's kind of long hours and it's just stock market research. It wasn't, it wasn't really doing it for you. You didn't find a purpose at the family office position. So what was, you mm-hmm. said you just started grabbing any sort of job you could get. It sounds like when you got back. Yeah. I, I started, I started like, like looking up any position I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a major health system in my in my city that mm-hmm. like they've treated my my grandpa, they've treated family members, my mom's donated a kidney. Oh, wow. Um it's it's just been such an influential part of my uh like family's life and everyone I kind of know knows somebody who's been treated there. Yeah. And so I found out they had a finance leadership development program that mm-hmm. uh and this is still why I was while I was interning at uh the equity, equity research, research. got it okay and uh so i went and sat in on a presentation they did and they talked about how exclusive this uh internship was which kind of reminded me of the high finance sort of mentality although no, it was FL- nowhere near as competitive fldps <laughs> are not easy fldps are not easy yeah. so it's the finance leadership development programs at these corporate you know fortune 500 companies or these big corporations mm-hmm. are can be a great place to start your career and get gets um a good skill set but so so you kind of you go in you go in you're kind of like they're they're talking a big game how competitive it is and how are you doing at school mm-hmm. at this point do you feel like you're competitive or do you feel like you're you're a long shot uh i totally felt like a long shot i called my mom after i sat through the presentation mm-hmm. and told her like maybe this is what i want to do and she was like well don't get your hopes up make sure you still keep putting in your work at the equity research shop right. she had no hope <laughs> Which was funny because, like, they had supported me so much. She just didn't want me to get my hopes up and, like, not get – because, again, being from a small town and being from such a, like, a blue-collar family, um, that was the gold standard. This health system was, like, everybody knows what it is. It's the the Goldman Sachs of of your town, of your city, of your area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. That means so much more to people that I know versus if you went on and worked in banking. Um, One of the guys I know who actually did go on and work in banking, Mm -hmm. his mom would ask him, 
why he couldn't come work at the local like actual like bank in our hometown <laughs> like as a bank teller i love it, it has, nobody nobody can conceptualize what it is or not that they can't conceptualize it they just don't know they're not familiar of course yeah so that makes sense um yeah so i i uh left that and kind of like busted my butt to uh work with career services and everybody i could possibly know to do my redo my resume make sure that my personal story and cover letter and all of the uh uh application uh packet was good to go yep turned it in and went through i think it was like two or three like half day or full day interviews um Mm -hmm. to get into the program yep and when i finished the program or when i finished uh turning in all the paperwork and everything and i went through all the interviews uh, i was offered the job as one of six and it was it was like holy cow this is exactly what i want to do and this is still in the fall so like i had a job lined up for the summer which i know on wall street oasis is very common but in uh where i'm from yeah nobody no one else i was the first person i knew who had a job post-college so you had a job uh, for full time after you graduate. Yeah, after, correct. Yeah. So this was like it, yeah. see, it felt early, like nine months. Whereas a lot of kids on Wall yeah, Street yeah. Oasis are like panicking if they don't have a sophomore internship. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. I yeah. was offered the job in November for it to start the week after the Fourth of July. So got it. Uh, I had plenty of time, and it kind of relieved a lot of stress for spring semester. But then I let's go back let's go back to the actual like all the work you put in with the career center and all that did you and like the resume and so you made it polished but Mm -hmm. tell me about the like the actual interviews uh was it anything unexpected were there any good cop bad cop any interesting stories there where they challenged you or was it more just fit or yeah so the first interview i went to was actually a four-on-four interview uh it was the weirdest thing i've ever been a part of Four interviewers, four interviewees, just all in one room. That's so and weird. I've never. Just, heard that. <laughs> oh, it was the strange. It was the strangest thing because it was like it was raw competition. You're like sitting there hearing what everyone else is saying, two answers, and you're trying to craft a narrative that like outperforms the people sitting right next to you who you don't know. Um, That's intense. Yeah, it was. It was so strange. Uh, <laughs> so, like, what type of questions and, were they asked? And then you'd go one by one answering it. Uh, they t- so they would they would ask, I mean most of most of the questions at this point were sort of uh, not behavioral, but they they were kind of like name a time you uh, name your strength name your yeah it's behavioral yeah it's a fit. time yeah, that yeah, you yeah. worked on a, a challenging project right 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 um, stuff like that where it's more finding out like your uh, critical thinking or your your uh, fit of the company versus your critical thinking at this point. Tell me, answer me, answer me this. Did you have stories prepared beforehand and stuff you yeah. could reference? You had, you had prepped. Okay, good. So Absolutely. You were yeah. ready. So I searched, I didn't have the money to, this is funny, but I didn't have the money to pay for any of the uh, Wall Street Oasis guides. Yep. But somebody I knew bought them, so I, I jacked them off of him. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I had I had found all of these uh, interview tips on uh, mo- most mostly the questions before technicals yep. because at this firm they weren't or I mean it's hospital that helps us and they weren't really asking technical questions at this point. Right. It was mostly just how do you prove that um, like you you had experiences you can recognize what you did that like improved your or uh, trajectory to get to where you are now and so. 
uh, also with career services, and I mean, Google is like one of the best resources. There is so much knowledge available on Google mm-hmm. that as long as you can weed through what's good and what's bad, yeah, uh, it can really help you to um, like find out what questions people are coming up with because very few very few firms from my experience are coming up with um, original questions. Oh yeah. A lot of times they're taking it straight off of Google. They're taking it straight from it's not some it, HR website. Yeah, and it's not even even then the variations are very minor, even if they're slightly different. Yeah. And it's more about how polished you are in the delivery and how comfortable you are in your own skin, and just how yeah, how absolutely. how genuine you come across as. Is it, is it like a robot or is it actually um, a convincing? <laughs> is it a convincing yeah. uh, delivery? But so okay, so you you land the job. It's very exciting. Your family's happy. You have a full-time offer. I'm sure you maybe, maybe you had some fun at college, uh, the last six yeah. months or seven months. <laughs> I had fun my entire college. My good. entire college experience was a fun time. Good. Uh, good. I just also had to work hard. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. So but, you, uh, so, you know, you, you graduate and, mm-hmm. um, tell me a little bit about how everything started out. What was the day? What were the days like? How was it like really intense at first hours, pay, all that good stuff. Yeah, so when I first started, um, pay was 45, mm-hmm. uh, no bonus, nothing else, um, great benefits, um, wore a suit every day, so that was like, in my mind, at, as a uh, new grad, that was the sign that I made it, so <laughs> I awesome. wore a suit every day, yeah, yeah, yeah. which quickly faded. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> quickly lost um, its luster. Yeah, um, the, the days were kind of, for the first year, it's a rotation. It was a rotational program, mm-hmm. so every single day was kind of like ninety, eighty, or ninety percent shadowing of what somebody else was doing in any functional uh, finance department. Interesting. Between accounting, corporate development, FP&A, corporate finance, um, operational finance, IT. How much how long bet- of- how long in each one yeah. how long in each one like a week or uh, three months or uh it they they tailored it each for each one so ones that they viewed as more important something like accounting we spent yeah. two months there yeah because it was there's so much variety you can get there yeah whereas something like um with, when we were with corporate development sort of like the M and A function uh we were only there for two weeks which. They didn't, and the other thing was where the need was at the at the uh, health system. So, mm-hmm. depending on which year you went through the program, if the need was in M and A, they might have you spend more time in M and A so they can figure out who they want to hire in the, into that role. Or if the but need aren't was you guys aren't you guys uh, since you're shadowing aren't you more of like a burden than like help for that area? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, we were. Uh, that's, <laughs> So we were our, our our job expectations were you work forty hours a week, shad, mostly shadowing, mm-hmm. doing a little bit of help with the most basic entry level work you could possibly be given, yeah. and then probably five to ten hours a week of whatever project you could pick up to show that like you wanted it a little bit more than the other people. Interesting. Um, so it's almost like a competitive. It's still even though you made it in with these six people, you're still auditioning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a it was a twelve month audition. Oh my um, gosh. We were guaranteed. They told us we were not guaranteed jobs after the full year, mm-hmm. but everybody gets hired. So 
I think it was just basically to say that if you slacked off, if you didn't put in the work, Got you it. weren't going to be offered a job post-fellowship. It's just a way to keep um, you guys working hard and stuff. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, you, so you're doing yeah. the rotations. They're keeping you in in audit for a couple months because they need more help there. And you're taking up, you're taking, you know, pretty basic tax tasks up here and there. And tell me which ones did you like and which ones did you not like? Yeah. So, uh, I kind of gravitated more towards the operational, uh, finance, Mm -hmm. getting to work more in like what would traditionally be like corporate finance. Uh, because to me, that was where I was actually like making an impact. You got to work with the physicians, which at a major health system, it's kind of the smartest of the smart. You're working with people who are changing the entire industry of healthcare mm-hmm. and really trying to push the envelope and working with absolute geniuses as a 23 year old was incredible to me. Yeah. And so what, I went through all the, what type of stuff were you doing oh, with, ahead. what type of stuff were you doing with them? Like, what do you mean? You were like meeting with doctors to try and figure out what was happening like in the field or like what in the operation? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was everything. So uh, kind of jumping ahead out of the fellowship, I had taken one of those corporate finance roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically got to do any, I was one of two analysts that mm-hmm. reported through this uh, group of 800 doctors. Wow. And so when we had to do our residency match program, uh, where like residents graduating from med school are applying to a, to a residency yep. and there's this in, intense ranking program and everybody wants to match with like as a health system, you want to have like a 100% match with the top X number of people that you're taking. Right. That way you can say like, nobody turned you down. <laughs> Got it. Essentially. Yeah. yeah no, and I get so it. The yield is a hundred percent or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I helped to build a model to sort of like, game the system with that which every every hospital does i mean ev- and everywhere does that interesting. but um i got to do stuff like that but i was also doing journal entries at month end i was uh helping to figure out coding opportunities to be uh either downgrading coding to be appropriate so that uh we weren't overbilling for mm-hmm. cms yep. or increasing billing because we were doing the correct documentation and we had all the supporting like documents to be able to capture more revenue. Got it. Okay. Um, I was also involved with the entire budgeting process for our department, uh, heavily involved with uh, any kind of analytics. So month end, anything that the physicians wanted for uh, finance or for financials. Yep. I was the one pulling that together and uh, getting to meet with them to explain what's going on in each of their locations uh, and each, our department was kind of treated, each department at our hospital was kind of treated like its own company. Mm-hmm. So I was essentially working with a physician who was like CEO of what we were doing. And then there was administrators and other people who were not physicians that were also in like leadership of our like that makes micro sense. company and inside of the company. That makes sense. And tell me about the, um, tell me about the specific tools you were like, had to learn Were you Excel or were you doing other stuff where they're like certain proprietary systems that they, ha- that they used the system used? Yeah. So probably 90% of what I was doing was in Excel, okay. which I took when I first graduated, I realized how Excel heavy it was. And to me or how Excel heavy all jobs were yep. at my school, they didn't teach Excel. Um, so I was on my own. I knew nothing when I graduated college <laughs> of how to actually use Excel. Oh man! 
So one of the recommended programs I think I saw on Wall Street Oasis was the Wall Street Prep Excel course. Mm -hmm. I saw it was like $30, so I bought that. Cool. And I saw how easy it was to impress people with Excel. Yeah. Kind of like solving a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can solve a Rubik's Cube, it takes no, it's not like much critical thinking. You remember an algorithm and you can do it forever. Right. Uh, Excel's the same way. If you're fast on a keyboard, everyone kind of trusts what you're doing. Whereas <laughs> if you're the one clicking around on the mouse, so true. people are kind of skeptical. <laughs> Throw the mouse away. That's to all the listeners. Yeah. Throw the mouse away yeah. if you're oh, using absolutely. Excel. Well, and if you're going into banking, I mean, you've already had that sort of training. Yeah. But in this corporate finance role, I was one of, I, I probably knew Excel better than 80% of the people I worked with. Oh, I'm sure Because more. everyone yeah. was just using the mouse. Yeah. No one was, no one was doing anything advanced uh, because no one was doing self-taught learning right. uh, outside well, of good for you. being told from there. Good for you. Uh, bosses. That's, yeah. that's impressive. So, yeah. So uh, I was using mostly Excel. Mm-hmm. But then I also learned how like valuable it is to be able to pull, use, and manipulate data. And so we were using Microsoft SQL Server mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that that was like the big skill that I think kind of set me apart and set me up for my next job pretty pretty good because um, finance. Most FP&A guys can build a model. Most people in finance can build a model and can do a lot of the like technical skills right but from my experience there's not a lot of people who understand like financial modeling and also can pull their own data and query everything that they want to do themselves write code and uh have access to everything at their fingertips um so you learned a little sql you started learning a little sql as well like being able to pull queries i would i would call myself beginner to intermediate but uh yeah that was that was kind of what set me apart at my at my job at the health system. Very cool. So that, then, that allowed uh, you to get promoted. What's yeah. the, what's the path for FLDP? So you, you do the yeah. year and then they kind of like, they, they say, okay, you're in this function. So you were in, you said corporate finance or operations or it's the yep. same thing. Uh, at, I, to be honest, I, I think they're, they were pretty similar at our company, yeah. corporate finance and operations. They kind of retreated the same. Okay. So I, I was, I was a financial analyst coming out of it. Um, I think I was like financial analyst two or something. Okay. Then about a year out of that program, I was promoted to a financial analyst three. Mm-hmm. And then um, after being promoted to an analyst three, uh, probably two or three months later, like I wasn't really looking to leave. I was looking to continue growing and developing my skills right. uh, at the system. And uh, while doing that, I just was reached out from a private equity owned company and they were looking, they're small, looking to grow. Uh, they're building out their SPNA function. It's still in healthcare. And most other jobs that have reached out, they're kind of manufacturing jobs, uh, mm-hmm. construction, um, I don't, services. And none of those really appealed to me too much. Yeah. And, but when I was reached out to about this uh, small private equity owned, high growth company mm-hmm. it kind of just piqued my interest and so i took the first interview and my my boss and i my now current boss and i just really hit it off and yeah. uh i ended up making the move from there into uh the private equity owned company and uh it i went from a a department that was bigger than the company i'm at now <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me how that's what's what is that like how has it been growing has the team grown since you've arrived is it 
is it more intense, less yeah, intense? So, yeah, when I first joined the team, so at when I was at the health system, I had a, a huge network of finance professionals around me. Um, my own department alone was three people, uh, and it was four, but we had an open position. So mm-hmm. just in that department alone, there was we had four people. Mm-hmm. When I joined this company, it is our CFO, my boss, who's now who, who was a senior analyst at the time, now is our director, and then myself coming in as a financial analyst. And so the team. I've been there for a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. We have an open position for a uh, financial analyst, just like an entry-level role, that we're really taking our time to make sure that we're hiring somebody uh, who who fits, not just filling a position. Yep. Uh, My boss is a previous investment banker. Our Mm -hmm. CFO is a Harvard MBA. So at this company, the thing that was big to me was being surrounded by people who were a little more high performing than what I had experienced so far in yep. terms of finance. Got it. Uh, people who could really help me get to the next level, not necessarily um, just continue to grow at the same organization. So tell me, do you mind and sharing so, a little bit about like pay? So you're 45 when you first started and then you got promoted yeah. a couple of times or one time, a couple of times, two times. Yeah, so, so how did it I tra- was 45 during the FLDP. Yep. When you came out of the FLDP, they bumped you to 55. Uh-huh. Um, when I was promoted about a year after that, mm-hmm. I went to, I think it was low sixties, yep. maybe 63 or something. Yep. And this is with, there's like merit raises each year on top of all of this, like 2% or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I was at around 63. And when I left to come to this company, I entered at 70 and my old employer countered and tried matching at 70, but I just wanted to move on to something else yeah. I, at that at that point. And everybody on Wall Street Oasis uh, recommends you do not accept a counter offer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was again, it's it's even in my career post grad, mm-hmm. Wall Street Oasis has continued to be like that mentor that everybody <laughs> would have. I, I'm not kidding. It's, you should have reached out, man. We have mentors. We have yeah, over 300 mentors yeah. waiting for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. Well, <laughs> I know that now. Well, now uh, you're one of them. I, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I looked to Wall Street Oasis. They said, "Don't accept a counter offer." So I took the seventy seventy thousand uh, dollar offer at mm-hmm. my new company, at the private equity owned company. Great. And it's a big uh, jump. immediately starting out, I think with I was only there for six months, and then I was bonused, which for coming from a health system that's unheard of nobody gets a bonus in right. healthcare yeah. at least in most healthcare uh, organizations when you're actually working with patients not on like the pharma- pharmaceutical end or anything so tell me after that and 6 so, months what was that bonus like 10,000 5,000 what was it <laughs> $1800 hey it's something <laughs> it, hey i mean it, you it, weren't it, used to it, it before huge. yeah you were yeah used to it. i i signed the offer no not thinking i was getting a bonus that right. was big to me. Right. Um, and so hours at this, at this company, I mean, I work anywhere from 40 to 60 hours yep. during the workday, during business hours. Um, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's super casual. You don't have to wear a suit anymore. Yep. Um, my boss is only a couple years older than me, and our CFO is only in his early forties, probably. It's awesome. And so it's, it's a, it's a younger team. Um, everybody's hungry for growth and, and, uh, moving forward. 
And so after, after I was bonus the 1800 bucks, a couple months later, I was offered, or they promoted me to a senior financial analyst. Great. And it took me up to 78. And now I actually have a bonus in my uh, contract. That's awesome. And you're and living so, in an extremely low cost of living area. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, my cost to living is, is basically nothing. I pay $800 for rent. That's amazing. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. When you start running the numbers uh, on what people make in, in my city in the middle in the Midwest yeah. versus what people are making in New York City and then you look at the cost of living. Oh yeah. Um it's pretty comparable. I mean it's 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 a nice it's a nice living and it's a nice life. Yeah, um, for sure, man. You're not uh and the good part is and you we have get, grass. You, yeah, you have grass. <laughs> you can get uh you can get your parents paid back, everything. Any is there any outstanding yeah. debt, any student loans that you're still chipping away at? Or just a, uh I think I have 5k of student loans left great. before great. like 40 to my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but now that, that jump from 45 to almost 80 yeah. is like, that's, that's debt money. Cause that first 45 is kind of pay your bills. Yep. That that's, you're getting by, you're not, you're not living a, a lavish life, but right. 80 in my city is, you're doing very well for uh, yourself. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good living. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice life. That's awesome, man. Um, especially when you factor in the hours, 40, 40 to 60 hours a week. And yeah. almost all of it is during business hours. And it's casual. Um, it's yeah. not bad. That's great, man. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, you're, it sounds like you're enjoying it there. What's the what what's in store for the future? Any plans? Yeah, uh, so... For now, I mean, I want to stay on for the uh, eventual sale and acquisition or whatever ends up happening with our company. Mm -hmm. uh, the private equity investment, I think, was only a couple years ago. And mm -hmm. so we still maybe have a couple more years before we hit that. Um, yep. That we're exit. still waiting on that, that next boom mm -hmm. um, to get us to that next level. But we're one of the dominant players in the market right now. Yep. And I see us keep growing month over month. We're already a profitable company. That's so great. that's huge. Um, that's and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I want to keep developing my skills in finance. Uh, mm -hmm. I, when I joined this company, one of my big things is I wanted to learn financial modeling, which I know on Wall Street Oasis is not the norm. A lot of my like path hasn't been what most people are experiencing on Wall Street Oasis. Yeah. But, uh, learning financial modeling at 26, 27, um, it's, it's wild of how much value you can add when you didn't learn it at 23 from somebody who's been doing it for uh, 25 years who maybe has an older dated way of doing it or um, right. isn't, isn't as data heavy. Learning data was probably one of the biggest things I've done in my career because uh, when I first joined my company, I was able to immediately add value because my boss can build the with like the SQL with like the model. with the queries. You mean being able to pull the data and quickly yeah. run analyses? Yeah, that's huge. Being able to being able to pull data and yeah. then being able to use data. So yeah. my, when I first joined the company, my boss was doing everything with sum ifs, count ifs. It was a lot of formula based stuff, and yeah. even just introducing pivot tables was like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds funny. I mean. But uh, knowing, knowing uh, Microsoft Access mm -hmm. was another big thing. Being able to immediately come in and just kind of open up a new world that nobody had really had as much access to data as they had. Um, yeah, it's huge. 
That's huge, before. especially for a fast-growing yeah, company it, that's small. Like you being able to bring all those skills to the table just mm-hmm. make you super valuable, which is why you got promoted and and, and bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, um, they recognize <laughs> well, that. The other being able to translate between finance and IT, I think, is another big skill set that gets overlooked a lot of times. Yeah, because IT people can speak the real technical details. Yeah. Whereas, like, my boss was able to tell me what he always wanted, and he's always like. IT can't do it. I can't, IT can't do it. And then if you could just speak it in a way that IT understands, IT knows exactly what you're asking for. And they're like, of course we could do that. I didn't know that's what you meant. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like the communication uh, barrier. That <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. The developers are like, what is he talking mm-hmm. about this? What is, yeah. 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 Um, yeah so, so now a lot of my, a lot of my work is just, it's still in Excel, still doing tons of Excel. Most of it is ad hoc projects for the CFO and CEO, as well as our board of directors. Um, I am involved in our, or I build our entire monthly uh, uh, board board of directors presentation or quarterly, I should say. Yep. And uh, it's it's just a lot of a lot of it's reporting, some analytics. Uh, We're just getting to that point of being able to do more like predictive analytics versus. Yep. Uh, reactive analytics and looking at what happened and moving towards what will happen right beyond just like the financial forecast financial forecast we've always obviously everybody does that but mm-hmm. being able to forecast um what's happening to patients what disease states people have how who who your sickest patients are that's that's kind of uh interesting that so more at the more at the, the analytics analytics at the at the patient level to help the forecasting so it's a it's like a more granular high level uh, prediction yeah well Got and it. it and it's also more for helping uh our our outreach so mm-hmm. we're kind of a population health pharmacy where yeah. we're trying to um one of our biggest value adds is in like cutting costs from like medicare cms um insurance companies like cutting real uh, costs out of the healthcare industry yep. because patients are staying healthier by using our pharmacy. Oh, very and cool. so, yeah, so it's a lot of, if you know who your sickest patients are going to be in mm-hmm. a year, you know which patients you need to be doing outreach with in order to actually drive that real value to keep people healthy and to keep people uh, yep. not sick and not in the hospital. Um, it's, it's an all-around win for everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, that's great. This has been really interesting. Can you, any, anything before we call it that you'd like to share any advice you would give your younger self before we call it? Uh, I'm trying to think advice for my younger self. (laughs) If you, if you could go back (laughs) and say unbreakable glass, you got to do this. Um, or do you feel like you've for the most part kind of followed, been true to yourself and followed what you, what you wanted? Yes. I think I would have just allowed myself like, if I could go back and tell myself when I was a sophomore or freshman mm-hmm. to one, become a little more educated, like do more outreach or like learn a little bit more when I was younger, when I was like on my own, even though I didn't have a ton of guidance. Yep. Like if I could have had that foresight to like do more research on my own, I might've been able to find this path so much sooner that to me is more rewarding and uh, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And also just, letting letting my younger self know that wall street oasis like the like what everyone's doing on there that might be the right path for some people but it doesn't have to be the right path for me and even though i use the site every single day it's just like 
you don't have to go into investment banking. You don't have to work in high finance. You can have value-add jobs that make you incredibly happy in no-name cities with no-name companies that uh, <laughs> I like, love it. truly provide a lot of value. And um, like, it's a very are, important are message. It's a very important message, and I think one that gets lost in in the hysteria of the track and the track being investment banking, private equity, hedge funds, you see it from kids trying to break into banking. They don't get there. It's like they're devastated. It's like you can still build an incredibly successful career in other, in corporate finance and corporate development and um, use a lot of, you know, use a lot of different skills and be, it can be rewarding. So I think it's, it's very myopic, very short sighted. Unfortunately, it's, it's something that I feel like the site has not done a good enough job at making sure your stories like yours need to be highlighted more. So I'm happy you, you decided to come on here and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. The so, other thing for a yeah. lot of the high performers on wall street Oasis is just that like when you're competing in, in investment banking and in a lot of these high finance jobs, you're competing with some of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And whereas when you go to corporate finance and you start moving into more of these like operational finance roles where uh, sort of like what my career path has been, yeah, you can you have the ability to stand out so much more by leveraging what you learn on Wall Street Oasis at a firm that doesn't have other people on Wall Street Oasis, um, right? Because it's net it's net value add to the company um, and to your career path. For sure, for sure. I think they're they're very thirsty for high performers, whereas <laughs> investment banking yeah. is filled with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, absolutely. Yeah, um, you can really you can find plenty of people working 100 hour weeks and investment banking <laughs> it's sure. rare to find somebody who wants to work after five o'clock in any of the companies i've worked at that's <laughs> very true great man well we'll yeah. leave it at that thank you so much for all the the details the stories everything you really appreciate it yeah absolutely pat thanks for having me on and thanks to you my listeners at wall street oasis if you have any suggestions whatsoever please don't hesitate to send them my way patrick at wallstreetoasis.com and until next time